This is Above Grade with J.S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob. Well, here we are, folks. You're listening to Above Grade, and I'm here with my good friend, Greg Hansberry. What's up? How you doing? Good. And I'm Bryce Jacob. Did Hi, Bryce. you know that? I did. I remember from last episode. Okay, good. All right. Well, very good. Do you remember where I'm from? Uh, to- totally do. Well, yeah, totally J.S. Brown Company. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I thought you meant like originally. <laughs> well, yeah, I am originally from Tootly Do. That's correct. That's where Sue from Toledo's from, you know? Remember her? I do. She hasn't been on in a while. We need to have her back. She's well, not our guest today, but it's time to get Sue from Toledo back. She's always got good questions. Absolutely. She had a whole bunch for me over Thanksgiving. My gosh, she just lit me up. She's got all kinds of questions, was home helping with all kinds of projects around the house. Why not, man? It it's free, uh, you're free, a wealth of information for, for dear old mom. Well, and an extra set of hands, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I can get the things that are up high now. Okay, I, I'm good. the one who is still willing to go up on a ladder and nice. fix things. So what sons are for. Able, yeah, I was able to uh, replace some light bulbs that are up high, uh, do things like that. It's, it is what sons are for. So I always tell my mom before I go, because uh, she always spoils uh, me and my parents do over Thanksgiving, but I always say, make a list uh, for me when I come down. I'll bring some tools and... I get to work on a few things. Which and you're is, the hero. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, she's like, oh, it's always, it, everything I do, I, all she needs to do is just say thanks. She doesn't even need to. She takes good <laughs> care of me. And she's always just like, "It's." I've been thinking about doing that for so long. Oh, what a nice Makes difference. Makes you feel and then like a superhero, huh? Yeah. yeah. And then she points it out about seven times. Oh, what a difference that makes. Oh, I, that's so nice having you around. It's so <laughs> Thanks, nice. Mom. Feels so good. We get none of that Feels respect fun. at home, do we? No. It's like, why did it take you so long to do that? <laughs> it's just not the same. But, oh, well. I, that's why I like going going home and just tighten a screw and it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you're I guess hero. this thing doesn't rattle and it works so well. But it does, I don't know why it is at home it takes so much longer. Probably because I'm, you know, I got a million, million other things going, things going on. on. Exactly. Uh, oh, well. Well, here we are. Guess what? Part two, right? I can't wait. Um, this is uh, winterizing uh, outdoors. Yeah. We're, we did indoors last week. We're doing outdoors this week. And back by popular demand, uh, our guests today are us. Great gets. Great I know. gets. It is, right? I mean, it's hard to book book us twice in a row. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Luckily, we, we did know it. a guy, yeah. We did it. It was either that or Paul Rudd. He was going to come in today. Yeah, we don't, yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd, we don't need Paul. Oh, he's, he, can, he can go on Conan O'Brien as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <sighs> that show. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do outside, just like we did last time. Um, we kind of had you guess a few or you know some or let's go through the list and let's mm-hmm. talk about it because- you have the list too. Uh, you, yeah, you, I'm cheating. We've we've made you guess before. We're not going to do that again. You're very intuitive, though. You always seem to get them right. Well, it's I always just know what needs to be done. It's just a matter of if I know how to do it correctly. <laughs> you kind of have a list, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't even know why it's on there, but yeah. we'll talk about why it's on there. All right. So here's some things we should be doing. What you want to take the first one here? Well, the first thing you got right here: trim bushes and limbs. I mean, it makes sense. You you got a huge season of growth in summer and spring. You might as well uh, trim everything back this time of year. Yeah, you want to trim back to really keep things off of electrical lines. Of course, if you got anything knotted up in an electrical line, get get someone out there. Don't don't get up on a ladder and try to trim stuff off your electrical line. Some people are like, yeah, I can just do that. It, what could possibly go wrong? This is, this you is know, a, it's a it's an electrifying experience, that's for sure. Um, and but I you want to? Well, I say I, I've had experience with trees in the past, and if you call or go online to the electrical company, they'll come out and and 
do it for free. I mean, yeah. it won't necessarily look pretty, but yeah, you don't want to be messing with those <laughs> yeah. with those those power lines. Yeah, well, they'll prune it back a little bit further, so you don't have them back too often. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're looking to have it pruned back just a little bit, um, you can get an arborist to come out if if they're really interfering with lines, or like you said, have AEP come out if there's a tree that's really. They won't take the tree down, which is interesting. They kind of make a tunnel mm-hmm. within it. You know, you've driven down the streets where you see all these trees with just like this hollowed out right, area right, for right, their power right, lines. Right, right. It does look pretty terrible. But yeah, trim those back. And of course, you want to get it off the house. You don't want to create a bridge for animals. You don't want to create mm-hmm. an area where limbs are on the house and with heavy snow and everything, it traps them onto the house even further. Could break limbs, pull gutters off of houses, clogs up your gutters too mm-hmm. with leaves and everything. So it's a good time to really just trim back. And, uh, you know, we've had some decent weather over the weekends, kind of hit and miss here a little bit, but that weather's good even now to be able to get out and do a little bit of, of trimming. Well, and, and I've noticed, e- even though they're all, you know, all the leaves are on the ground right now and I still, I still have to have a, a lot to clean up, uh, the trees and branches are so much easier to trim up and you can kind of see what you need to cut down with, with some of the leaves off of them. You know, you're not as bulky and you have less yard waste. You know, it's really interesting. Um, we lost our silver maples out in front of our house when they'd been there for a hundred plus years and uh, they came down in a storm several years ago. We just haven't had these big trees in front of our house. They provided all the shade on the home. It was really wonderful. So I don't have as much raking. It's been really, well, that's nice. it's been really nice. I mean, I still have a couple other trees and I'm out there. I have to bag all that up. Um, but in, in lieu, in lieu of these trees, uh, I haven't had the, the raking, but we just bought two new trees and we had those put in, uh, late fall here. So just, uh, actually, I didn't even mention this, but just a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, mm. we had these trees put in and, uh, I, I went with oak trees cause I thought, you know, it'd be really nice. They get really big. They get very tall, provide a lot of shade on the house. Of course, I'll be dead before they ever actually provide shade. <laughs> um, and I, I looked at my neighbor's house who has oak trees and they still haven't lost the leaves. I'm done raking. Mm-hmm. No, and no, you're not. I'm sitting here going. Oh, <laughs> no, you're not. I just extended my season. Yeah, you know, because the oak tree tree hangs onto their leaves quite a bit longer. Yeah, that's and they're a, just starting to come down on those oak trees. Our neighbor too has an oak tree. So, and that's the thing too is you you brush or you you know you rake them all off and you look up and there's just a full tree right there still. Yeah, big old full tree. Well, I grew up with oak trees in the yard, and we used to take these huge tarps. And we'd rake all the leaves onto the tarp, mm-hmm. and then we'd drag it out to the street, mm-hmm. and we'd pile them up on the street. And then, and toodly do, mm-hmm. uh, there were the, the service would come around, the city would come around, and they pick your leaves up, and right. suck them up, and grind them up in a truck. It was always pretty exciting because it changed the look of your house because sure. we had this huge pile, you know, that was literally six to eight feet high. I mean, sure, those are huge piles of leaves. But we also used to get the mischievous kids that would come by. One would throw the gas on, and the next Uh-oh. one would come by and throw a match on it and <laughs> light those things up. I can't tell you how many times on our street you'd see fire trucks, you know, in the fall. Don't uh, try this at home, kids. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, well, arson is not exactly a, a, um, a crime you want to <laughs> get accused of. It's not a good one. Get in big trouble. So anyway, yeah, keep those limbs trimmed back. Take care of that stuff. Another one's aerate the lawn. If you haven't done that yet, there's still a little bit of time, but you want to aerate the lawn, maybe get some seed down in there. But it just gives that chance, uh, your ground, a chance to kind of reinvigorate the roots of your, your grass. Do you suggest aerating every year or every other year? Or, or what, what are your uh, 
experiences with that. Yeah, you know, some of the landscapers will tell you to do it every year. I've heard people say go every other year. Um, you know, I think it just depends on how healthy your lawn mm-hmm. is. If you do it once and you see this big improvement, you know, maybe do it again and see if it rejuvenates mm-hmm. the same. But um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think you have to do it every year. You know, I've had friends that have that attachment on their rider mowers, mm-hmm. and they do it every year, and they've um, lo- loaned it out to me to attach to my rider mower, and I've done it a couple times. But yeah, I, I need to actually resurface my lawn. That's something I need to do because it's just so bumpy. And what is that? Uh, just pour a bunch top of topsoil down and let it all out. All out yeah, and, either top yeah. topsoil and seed, or you can just bring new sod in over the top of it. Probably want to level it out anyway, but that's right. something I need to do. That's not really on the list, but you know, something I need to I do. Would, <laughs> yeah, that's not an every <laughs> it's year. It's my thing. own project yeah. list. No, that's not a year on honeydew. Year, yeah. No. <laughs> all right, what else we got? Well, check the grade. I mean, uh, we've talked about the grade before, on above grade. But uh, yeah, what? So I mean, is that just as simple as making sure that the water's running away from your home? Do you just add if you you know if you realize that it's not not uh, how do you, how do you uh, remedy that if if you realize that your grade isn't isn't uh, sloping away properly? Yeah. So there's a couple things that will give you signs of whether you're getting moisture in a basement. It's just the odor of the basement. Mm-hmm. It smells musty. There's moisture getting in into the basement. It's not dry. Your house isn't staying dry. Um, a walk around, the, you know, we, we talk about this even in the spring, you should do the exact same thing. Um, just check the grade. It's so important to keep a dry basement. You know, in, in the Midwest, most people have a basement because we've got, you know, our topography allows for it. And the soil's really good, you know, to dig in as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we've got basements, all that extra living space, but we also have a lot of moisture in the area. So um, if you're walking around the outside of the house, a couple of things to check are the, are the downspouts, make sure that they're actually sending water away from the home, that they're, they aren't disconnected um, or they go, drop into drain tile that's actually taking water out to the street. Mm-hmm. If you don't, don't see the water going out to the street, there's a clog in it, it's backing up and it's probably coming up around your foundation mm-hmm. uh, if you've got a clog. Um, making sure your gutters are nice and clean because when they overflow... What they do is the water overflows in a gutter, and if you've seen that rut, you know, at the at, uh, in the soil, yeah, where it just creates a pit from all that heavy water dropping onto soil. Mulch is not a landfill item, uh, so that is not part of the topography. So you'll want to make sure your soil slopes away. And what a lot of people do is they throw mulch up against the house, and they slope that away. But they can't understand why their house is is still moist. Mm-hmm. That's because their soil is not sloped mm-hmm. away from the house. So the the water actually still is coming back against the foundation. So you can walk around and kind of feel it. You can scrape away some of the mulch that's there and see what the soil is doing. If it's lower there than it is two feet away, you've got a problem. So the easiest thing to do is just get a truckload of soil and topsoil and a tamper and, you know, put it up against the house. The biggest problem usually are in newer homes because they've got that overdig from when they put the basement in mm-hmm. and all that soil s- settles over the years. That's why you also see slabs that are poured mm-hmm. up against the house. If they're not properly poured, they can start to lean back and then all the water comes oh. off of the yeah. off of the patio right down on onto the house. So if you're if you're getting your grade repaired and raised properly, that should do an awful lot, you know, in conjunction with making sure your gutters are clean, making sure your downspouts and your drain tile, all that stuff is is uh, flowing properly. 
I've got to take care of your water issues. Um, some ground cover, you know, some plants that have started to kind of grow and creep up the uh, foundation. Is that something that I should rip out and clean away, or is that actually going to help kind of keep the uh, soil and everything in place? Well, um, they need water to survive, and that's usually why they're growing because mm. there's more water there than you might want. Okay. Everything grows pretty hardy. That creeping ivy stuff that comes up a house, the thing you really need to watch for is, is it getting under the siding mm. of the house? Because if it is, as it grows, you know how a vine does or a tree trunk does, it gets thicker and thicker. And as it gets thicker, it's pushing things away. Up. And that allows other things to get up in there. And inherently, there's moisture inside of living things. So it's pulling moisture up in there. So it looks pretty on a house, but you want to be able to... Um, I would pull that stuff mm-hmm. away, let things breathe there. It traps moisture mm-hmm. against the house. So you really want air movement around your foundation. Um, that way it just dries things out naturally. If you have um, barricades to the air movement, moisture stays trapped. You really would want to dry it out. So I'd, I'd recommend sure. kind of moving okay. that stuff away. I'll just add it to the honeydew list. Thanks, Bryce. There you go. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what I'm here for. It's like I'm doing to you what my mom has done for me, has prepared a very uh, good list that you feel productive when you're done. So just well, if it's poison ivy, you're going to be yeah, really mad. It's not poison ivy. Yeah. And, well, I feel good. We actually just did this this past week in clean uh, and dry patio furniture, uh, move clay pots out from the from outside of the weather, remove soil. We we, we just did all this, scrubbed scrubbed all, all, the, all the furniture and brought it in the garage and I would imagine a lot of people have probably done that by mm-hmm. now. You know, it's good to power wash them. If it's too cold out and you power wash it, you're just going <laughs> to, you're going to freeze your patio furniture. Right. So you need a day where it can actually dry uh, or wipe it off, you know, get it good and clean because there's pollen and things on it. And it's just nice at come spring to pull your furniture out and not go, oh man, I put it away it. wet. Yeah, you know, yeah, I put yeah. it away dirty and wet and now I've got to deal with it in the spring. In the spring, we're ready for the weather. Uh and ready to chill out in it. There's always projects that you'll have. Otherwise, you don't want to be cleaning your furniture at that time. You know why you take the soil out of your clay pots? Well, it's funny you say that because we have a bunch of pots that I didn't take the soil out of. Uh, and I find that the squirrels get into it. I don't know if that's why you're saying that or not, but the squirrels love to hide their nuts in there. Um, I mean, they're... I don't know if that's the main reason why you say not to do it, but that's one reason why it's, not, it's a pain in the butt with me. If you've ever no, noticed um, what happens to soil when it freezes, uh, it, it bubbles up. Okay, and yeah. And it gets crusty on top. Sure, you know, yeah. Because it's uh-huh. frozen, because yeah. that's the moisture inside, and uh-huh. ice expands. So clay is one of those things that also can hold the moisture in the clay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're breathable, clay is. So when it absorbs some of that moisture and it, and it freezes, it will break your. It could break your mm, pots. I got so you. I've experienced that many times with clay Crack. pots that I have not. You know, if you want them to last or sure, you want to sure, reuse sure. them, uh, it's it's good to take the soil out and let them dry naturally. They can sit outside um, as well. I mean, if they get wet, they they can break or freeze together, and then they you know can be damaged. So it's good to put them in a dry area as well. Anything that's clay, and you keep the squirrels away from your house too. That's true. <laughs> They're just, I'm, I'm just nuts you, for squirrels. There's, there's squirrels everywhere. <laughs> there are. There are squirrels everywhere around here. That's true. I've seen, uh, I saw an albino squirrel. Interesting. Um, up off of um, Old State and Lewis Center Road. Huh. I was driving up there to an appointment. Uh, this is last year. I'd never seen one, you know, and it, it just caught my eye because it just stood out. And I turned around, you know, to actually go look at this albino squirrel that was like climbing up in a little tree. And uh, there he is. I just had never seen one. Before. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen one either. Um, 
Now I have. Check that off my Check. list. Check. Yeah. Yep. Bucket list. Bucket, bucket, bucket list. list knocked out. Yeah. Always wanted to see an albino squirrel. The next um, thing on our list here, remove yeah. attached hoses and uh, shut off water supply. Um, this, uh, we actually, we had, you know, here in Columbus, Ohio, we had a crazy early freeze and yeah. I, I missed the first one. And uh, again, just over the weekend, I was able to get out there and, and check everything out. But yeah, uh, you know, you don't want the, the, the water freezing and thawing and while those hoses are attached. Uh-uh. No, there's, there's some really cool pictures online if you want to look at busted water lines <laughs> in winter. No thanks. I, it's really cool to Google if you like looking at other people's misfortune. Uh, it's a really awesome uh, thing to, to Google because it's amazing what happens when the line breaks the water flows freely and it's usually shooting up against the house because there's a split in the hose bib on the outside or the hose itself. So the valve is broken. So water mm. keeps flowing and it's going to continue squirting out. And if it's really, really, really cold, cold enough to break a line, that water is just going to freeze mm-hmm. and it creates these giant mountains on the side of people's homes, just <laughs> in ice. I mean, it destroys the siding oh, I and mean, it can flood the inside oh, of the house. Man. If the line splits back into the house or into the wall, which it usually does. So you're getting water on the outside freezing and then you're getting it in the basement, which is flooding it. And so it's a, it's just a disaster. Oh, so if you have hose bibs on the outside of your house and you don't have a method of shutting them off, it's well worth paying a plumber to put a, sh- a shutoff valve in. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the 150 bucks or whatever the number is you're going to pay a plumber is so much less than the damage that it will cause by tens of thousands of dollars in many, many cases. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in, you, you might have homeowners insurance say, well, I'll take care of it that way. You still have a deductible. Sure. And it's going to be a heck of a lot less to pay for someone to put a shutoff valve on, even if you got two or three of them that you need to do it with mm-hmm. in areas where you had that exposed. If you're one of those people that just says, ah, oh, you know, I just keep my hose permanently attached because I don't use it for anything else. Bad idea because there's water in the hose line. Typically you don't have that completely drained out and that connection also corrodes with the freeze and the thaw. And that's when you actually can ruin your hose bib by leaving your hose connected and not having that removed. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of reasons why you, you should do that. So if I haven't scared you yet at this point, then Google those pictures, laugh at other people's misfortune, and know that you might be added to it. We have, I got it just, uh, it's actually the, the woman left it uh, at our home when we moved in. It's a styrofoam thing that you clip onto the end of, uh, outside of your, your hose bib, and you tighten it up, and it's just supposed to kind of keep it insulated a little bit more. Yeah. So it might be overkill, but I mean, if you have the, the water turned off anyway, you're not going to worry about anything like that. But uh, Yeah, if you shut the water off on the inside of the house, if you have the capability of doing it, you'll be just fine. You know, again, take your hose off too, because if you, if you have a hose line that's not drained, that can back up as it freezes and ruin that valve. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go to turn it on in the spring, it's going to squirt all over the place or be split, and you'll have to have mm-hmm. someone come out and replace the, the hose bib on the outside of the house. Now what you want to do, repair cracks in concrete driveway or patios. That makes sense. Yeah, same same reason you want to take dirt out of a clay pot. You know, uh, all that moisture expands. If you've got cracks in a driveway, you've got cracks in a sidewalk or in anything uh, on the outside of your house, any moisture that's trapped in there is just going to, you know, it's kind of like a wedge. It's mm-hmm. going to keep wedging its way in there and making that crack get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, so man. I learned that the hard way last year that you know, the apron where the, the driveway goes into the, meets the street, mm-hmm. there was a, it was kind of crumbling up a little bit and 
when you go down there to shovel the snow, oh man, oh, yeah. it's a lost cause. You're yeah. just you're just going down and ripping up the yeah. <laughs> the concrete. Well, that's because you're between a crack and a hard place. Ha-da! There it Grown. is. That's what happens. Grown. Yep. <laughs> uh, clean dirt leaves pine needles away from your house or wooden surfaces to prevent mold, mildew, and rotting. That makes sense. Just kind of with the, with all your raking and everything, yeah. clean everything out. Get up. Yeah, a lot of people have cedar siding in their house, houses, especially up in Dublin. And I've noticed on porches, you know, you get that little whirling vortex in a mm, corner of the house oh, that piles gosh, all the yes, leaves naturally. Yes, yeah. If you leave those leaves there, you know, they, they harbor moisture. And when they're wet and then they freeze, it does the same thing. It mm-hmm. expands. It can ruin the siding or pull some of the siding. But the other thing it does is if you don't have proper sun in those areas, even in the fall, spring, summer, whatever it is, if you don't have those areas cleaned out, they develop mold and mildew issues mm. back in there. So you find yourself having to power wash and clean that. You know, we've got an area actually by a back entryway of our house that just there's always little leaves piled up there because of the way that the home is shaped and the way the weather comes in. It's always kicking leaves up in there. So yep, I'm always yep, cleaning my yep, back porch yep. off. It doesn't look like it because everyone that comes is like, oh, you got a lot of leaves here. It's like, yeah, I raked them there. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> it's part of the ambiance. I want you to feel like you're in the forest. So, no, yeah, clean you. that stuff up. I Get it out you. of there. Um, oh, this is a, a good tip. Bring in your tools um, yeah. and spray, them, uh, spray the metal with a coating of lightweight oil to prevent rusting. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. What, just, just like some WD-40 or, or what do you... Well, kind of or lightweight oil? just oil versus WD-40, um, like a machine oil or mm-hmm. metal oil. Uh, I, I had a friend that used to take really, really fine uh, gravel, almost like just mortar, it mm-hmm. wasn't though. It was more of a gravel, gravel, so it wouldn't um, form into concrete. And he used to uh, mix it with oil, mm. and then he'd stick his shovels down in it. So he had a big bucket, and then he'd take his shovels and anything with a sharp point or a blade, and he'd just stick them down into this gravel that had oil in it. And when he'd pull it out, it wouldn't stick to it or anything. You know, come mm-hmm. right off. And uh, he had a really nice clean shovel or whatever it is because when you're digging you're usually hitting moisture Mm -hmm. and you leave your if you don't properly clean it you know they start to rust up a little bit and that was really that was a cool little tip so he had a shed with two or three buckets full of this mix of you know fine gravel and oil mixture and he just shove his tools down in there and they were just stored properly one day i can barely keep my garage organized (laughs) when i get rid of the kids and bikes maybe i'll be that that uh Organize with the yeah, you know, life's a series of trade offs, uh-huh, right? You get right. rid of the kids and then you're bored to death and you want them back, but you've got all the space. <laughs> but I got a cool uh, gravel have. oil. Like, wow, so this is what it's like thing. to have a car in a garage. <laughs> Weird, <laughs> so strange. There aren't 12 bikes sitting around and three kids. Uh, funny how that works. <laughs> Speaking of uh, kind of garage and space in your garage <laughs> or the lack thereof, or the lack thereof, uh, weatherize your lawnmower. We could probably do a whole show on 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 this. Yeah, you know, I you always get out there in the spring and you got to make your first cut and you got to turn your mower on and um, do um, a dang um, thing, start, yeah. start especially if you got a rider mower. So, you know, one of the things I did with my rider mower, because I can't move it inside, you know, that I, I lost that battle. Uh, I was like, yeah, I don't need a chair at the dinner table. I'll just sit on my mower, hand me my plate, sure. <laughs> put it on the steering wheel. Uh, nope, not going to work in my house. Uh, so in weatherizing it, one, clean it up, get all the stuff off of it. My wife has always given me a hard time. She's like, you don't keep the rider mower very clean. I'm like, honey, I, every time I cut, you know, it gets covered in grass and debris. I'm not going to wash it every time. So, but yeah, I mean, get it cleaned out, get the belts, you know, cleaned out, make sure there's not grass clogged up under Mm. in the motors and all that stuff. 
And then um, another thing is I, I went to, um, shoot, what's it called? Batteries Plus. Okay. And I bought a trickle charger for my motor, my mower motor. And I put it on the battery because, you know, most of the time you turn, try to turn it on in the spring, it doesn't start, it takes forever or it's just dead. You mm-hmm. drain your battery. Yeah. And I put a trickle charger on this that just keeps, you know, power coming to it so it doesn't poop out, out on me and I can just oh. always turn my mower on and it starts right away. So, and there, it was like a 40, 40 bucks or something to have it. It just extends the life of the mower and allows you to be able to start it even when it's a little bit colder mm-hmm. too take the you know chargers off when you go to fire it up uh, man, it's it's great I, I love having it i know the guy across the street bob shout out to bob he always uh says you know your last mow of the law of the year make sure you get all the gasoline out of it. so mm-hmm. i mean you know i'm just gonna mm-hmm. push mower so you know he, he says put a zip tie around it or something so you so you can use all the all the gasoline or you can i mean you can dump it if you have a lot but um, so that's, that's the, that's He's just the trying tip. to get you to come cut his yeah, girl yeah, you, If you got extra I, gas, you got extra just gas. come over to my yard and Sorry. cut my grass. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Bob, we know we're on to you. I'm on to you, man. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, that's a tip from Bob. So if you <laughs> make sure you, if, if you don't use it all up, drain that uh, extra gas out of the, out of the thing that's not sitting there. Yeah. You know, the all. other thing I do, I, I, I think that's probably a better idea than what I do. Cause, um, probably two times a month I'll go out and just start my motors up. Mm. You know, I open the garage door, of course, and then fire up the motors and, uh, and just let them run for a couple minutes just to keep the engine fluids running through sure, it. Sure, yeah. And same with the fuel, the oil, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's good. I've got a good service guy who will pick up my mower once a year and he sharpens the blades and, you there know, you does go. that. He, yeah. I always do that in the spring and then he makes sure my battery's working okay and all that stuff. So he was the one that said, get a trickle charger and leave me alone. You know, your battery's dying every year because you aren't taking care of it. Or take your battery out. If you don't want to get a trickle charger, remove the battery, put it inside where the temperature is warm, and then put it in in the spring. I mean, that happens to my car at least once a year. You know, you go out and it's been sitting overnight for for a couple days for negative degrees weather, and boom. Good luck starting that up. Yep. I hear you. All right. uh, The other thing, move your snowblower to the front of the ground. Just get organized. That's Mm -hmm. what, you know, this is all about. Make sure you have salt on hand, you know. We hate to talk about this, but we've already had snow. I know. My gosh, we've had snow and it stayed on the ground. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, get the snowblower, move to the front. Usually, you know, the the more frequently used things find their way to the front. Mm-hmm. But when you need that one thing, because it's a seasonal item, it's always it's behind everything yes, else. Yeah. So, you know, the next nice day that you have, get out there and just kind of reorganize the garage a little bit. It's kind of like taking your T-shirts and your, or your, <laughs> your, your short sleeve yeah, polos yeah, yeah. and you just switch them with your long sleeve shirts in the closet, which I did a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with your, with your equipment in the garage. That's funny. Uh, check roof for shingle damage. That makes sense. You know, you don't want uh, any snow accumulating up there with some damaged roof uh, shingles. Yeah, you know, the... Our weather around here is pretty tough on our homes. You know, doing all these little preventative maintenance checks on the outside helps our homes last. It helps eliminate those big expenses that sneak up on us or we didn't prepare ourselves for. And uh, and you just get caught right right when you don't want to. You're sort of coming into Christmas and you got all these expenses coming in because you didn't take care of your house mm-hmm. or do something right. And roofs are one of those things that winds blow rain, all this stuff is happening through the course of the year, debris flying up on your roof, sticks, whatever it might be, and they can get lodged underneath the shingles. And if you've you've got a shingle that's lifted in any area, that snow or ice 
it just makes it easier for it to creep up under there and start to create separation and create either ice damming or a leak in your roof. So if you see a shingle that doesn't look perfectly flat on the roof with everything else, you know, you might want to either get up on the roof or get someone who likes getting up on roofs to go up there and just, you know, usually that shingle just needs to be kind of wiggled and flattened back down. Um, if you can do it on a warmer day, it's always good to do it earlier fall when you still have some heat up there. Let that tar kind of re-adhere that's underneath the shingle. That's uh, one of the best things to do. But if it's still cold, it's better having it down. It'll it'll re-cure on a hot day as long as it's down. Mm-hmm. So those are good things to do. Another good thing to do is give everyone a, a tip, and then we keep rolling on our list. I was going to say, we've had a lot of tips, but how about a tip of the week? Yeah, there, the is tip. A, there is a tip of the week. Let's hear it. It's time for the tip of the week. You should never prevent preventative maintenance from being done in your home. A good home maintenance schedule helps you prolong the life of your assets and prevent problems with getting larger than necessary. Making a list and checking it twice can put you in charge of the performance of your most valuable asset, your home. Now let's get back to our preventative maintenance list. With two great guests, might I add. I know, really. Hard to get. Bryce and Greg, yes. demand guests, that's right. Uh, so yeah, there's more to do, but yeah, have a preventative maintenance list. You know, one of the things that you can do, uh, most people have a calendar mm-hmm. and you can use that calendar as a reminder to do some of these things. And it, you know, like I just said, the roof, it would have been nice to do a little bit earlier, um, than to do right now when it's really cold, maybe put a tickler on there in September saying, just check your, check the roof for all kinds of stuff. You're going to be getting leaves falling on your roof any week now sure. from there. So you might want to make sure that the shingles are all down from all the storms we had over the summer, spring, whatever it may have been, and check it at that point. So put a reminder if you're using Outlook or you've got reminders in your phone. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no reason now we don't have the technology right. to have a reminder pop up and say, this weekend, take care of the shingles. You could or, tell Alexa to tell yeah, you. Alexa, <laughs> do it, do tell me when you. to take a walk around the foundation and check the grade. Well, I like that too. So you're not, you know, we've been kind of joking about the honey-do lists, but like... It's it overwhelming. If you, yeah. you're not. I'm not going to be able to knock all this out in one weekend. If you take, uh, you know, a couple weekends over a couple months, it's it's more manageable chunks. Yeah. So set a schedule to this stuff, but here's the here's the list to download and and put it in and kind of come up with your own time frame. Sometimes make more sense than others, like aerating the lawn and putting seed in. September is really a pretty good time to start thinking about that. October is a great time to put seed down. It's cooler at night. You get the dew. Helps water it naturally. You know, those are, those are really good things to be doing to your lawn. You get into you know, you get into December here and, you know, it's a lost cause. It, yeah, it's not it's not going to take as well. So, you know, set your calendar right. If you got questions, you know, for us, you want to know when the best time to do any of these things are. You can certainly email us at abovegrade at jsbrown.com and ask your question. We'll, we'll let you know when to put that on your schedule and uh, you'll be good to go. Got a, not not quite. We're not good to go quite yet. You got a couple things left on the uh, preventative. Uh, well, they'll be good to go. They ask for a date. Well, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So yeah, one of the other things to do since you're on the roof already, uh, don't don't go up there multiple times. Plan all your roof work at one time. <laughs> on a, on a day where there's no snow up there, preferably, <laughs> or take your skis right. or a sled to get down. Uh, check your flashing around the chimney and any vents. You know, you have these vents popping up through the roof. You mm-hmm. have your chimney. Anything that protrudes through the roof means there's a hole in your house or a hole in your roof and it's only um it's only as good as the flashing that's around it 
So if it's flashed in really well, check that flashing. If you're getting water in the house, oftentimes it's because of uh, the seal around a boot or around a chimney, the metal flashing has just come loose. You know, that it's been sitting in the sun. It's been sitting in our, our abusive weather around mm-hmm. here. And uh, it just, it's not going to last forever. So you may want to get someone out there to really take a good hard look at it. Well, and last week we talked about your chimney inspections. They'll they'll climb up there and, and look at your flashings for the most part, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they will around the chimney. I mm-hmm. don't know that they go necessarily and check all the boots that are around vents coming vents up through everything. your roof. Um, but they will definitely check your chimney out and, and make sure that, that part of, of things is operating fine and sealed off. But that's not hard for you to do. I mean, I would go up. If you're going to get up on the roof and inspect this stuff, go up there assuming you're going to be doing some maintenance. Like take your tube of, of, you know, sealant and caulks or whatever you need um, when you go up on the roof assuming you're doing some general maintenance. And if you don't need to, then great. But last thing you want to do is get up on the roof and get back down, grab your stuff, come back up, you know, up and down off of a roof, especially the age I'm getting. I used to love doing it as a kid <laughs> or get someone, again, yeah, who's yeah, yeah, enthusiastic yeah. about climbing ladders uh, to come out and do that. But yeah, check those things. Check your downspouts. We talked about this earlier as well for blockage and the connections. Uh, again, the connections are really important that they're um, allowing water flow to go through them. You know, I I had this uh, late fall here. We had a big storm and the water was rushing off my roof. It was just pouring over my my gutter, and I was going, mm, "Oh my yeah, gosh, it got to be there? clogged with something." Well. I, I got up on a ladder in the middle of the storm because I wanted to see what it was. It was just literally pouring over my gutters. And I reached up in there to where the, the downspout connects, and I, a tennis ball was in there when, <laughs> when we were throwing it for our dog. <laughs> it ended up there the hole. I reached up in there, and I pulled the tennis ball out, and it just went, you know, flowing down my gutters. Yeah, it almost knocked the extension off the end. Uh, such force came down, but yeah, it was just a tennis ball that was lodged <laughs> up in there. Cause I, I was thinking, you know, I don't have these big trees anymore. What could be clogging it? I mean, some stuff's going to blow around, but yeah, it was a tennis ball. Crazy. The thing. dog was happy too. Got his, yeah, back, got his yeah. ball back and it was all soaked in water. I was like, now you know what it feels like <laughs> when I throw your ball normally. It's all soaked in saliva. This time it was just water. I yep. uh, love it. Yeah. Uh, so clean those gutters out, whether yep, it be tennis yeah. balls, whether it be leaves, get those cleaned out. If you haven't done it yet, you know, when you're putting your Christmas lights up or doing all that stuff on your gutters, take a, you know, an extra minute and just reach up in the gutter and throw that stuff down. I always hook hook a bag on my ladder, you know, a plastic bag, uh, a big garbage bag, mm-hmm. and throw the debris from my gutters down into the garbage bag while I'm hanging lights. That's a twofer. There you go. You know. That's a good tip. Don't go up on the ladder too too often. Are you got any more? Well, and then uh, kind of your your last thing up your make sure all uh, exterior vents have screens to prevent birds and other rodents from getting in the house. Yeah, I mean already you're starting to see, like I said, the squirrels are, are moving around doing their thing. You know they're going to wanting to start making their way into warmer areas. Yep, which is your house. <laughs> it's warmer than any tree, hopefully. So oh, right, yeah. While they're up there and they're making their homes and trees and all that, they are looking for other opportunities. So. I've seen uh, squirrels pull shingles, uh, shake shingles off of a house, and chew through the the you know the the wallboard and actually get into the side of a house. It's how desperate they are, and they hide their hide nuts up in there and do all that kind of stuff. Not just in your flower pots, so right. you know they're they're trying to find a spot to to have a nest. So yeah, homes get infiltrated from rodents, you know, over the in the winter. 
you know, we've got our little mice back that have a tendency to come into our house this time of year because it's warm. We get them under the sink. It drives my wife absolutely yeah, nuts. Uh-huh. So I set the traps. My girls love it because they get up and they want to check the traps. They still do. You know, they, ever since they were little, they just love the fact that we had mice in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Something for them to catch. But my wife is just like, I don't, this is terrible because it's under our sink, you know. And so they don't, we don't ever see them anywhere else in the house, but they come into this little area under the sink. They get into our little, our garbage, which is under the sink. And, um, do you use the, uh, the no kill kind though, or, uh, do you go ahead and snap them? Oh no, I get the old fashioned Tomcat trap. Yep. (laughs) You hear the, you know, under the sink and you go in. Yo, we got one. We got one. Yeah. We, yeah, we tried the no kill one once. And, uh, the problem was he, it may, maybe it was the brand we, we purchased, but, uh, the little guy was able to gnaw his way out. So we ca- mm. caught him at some point, but we didn't catch him, see that we caught him in time. <laughs> was, and then he was he, able to... He was in confinement too mm, long, huh? Gnaw, gnaw his way out. If you yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen those. You know, my wife always goes and gets those. You know, they, they try to invent a new mousetrap all the time. Sure, you sure. Know, there's, there's only one. That's the one that was originally invented at works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. keep doing it. And I see all these loaded. ones where there's like plastic parts to it. And there's all these, yeah, spring-loaded stuff. Quack! And you just, it does this, it does, just doesn't work the same as the ones where you just put a little peanut butter on the end of this little Ow. piece of brass, flip the little switch, slide it under the thing, it works. Yeah, it's a terrible part of the show. I'm sure we lost a lot of listeners who are, um, doesn't mean I don't like mice. I like them a lot. But it's not in your, under your sink. Yeah, I just don't want them under my sink. So <laughs> anyway, that's one of the things you can do. Yeah. Well, Get those I'm, screens I'm and those fans. I'm overwhelmed, man. Goes. I'm overwhelmed, but I think it's. Oh. Uh, but sure. you know, if we a little bit at a time, it's going to make I think the make things easier in the long run. I think is is the whole thing about this. Yeah, and going back to just laying a schedule out, you lay a schedule out, and you, you you divide and conquer a little bit with some of this. You just plan. You know, you can do over football season when you got twelve games. Mm-hmm. You know, at every halftime, you come out thing. and do one or two of these things. You know, or of a game you don't really care much about <laughs> at its halftime. <laughs> when you know, yeah yeah when, when the, we're when winning by has. fifty points. Yeah, just go. I mean, you know, there's still 25 more points before the game's over. <laughs> you can rewind it, but there's really no threat these days. So, yeah, you can do whatever you want on that, but spread it out, get it done, uh, take good care of your home, and, and you'll take good care of your pocketbook too so you can have more money to remodel. I love it. I That's love what we want to have happen. Well, thanks for coming back and being a guest on the show as usual. And I'm going to thank myself for doing that too. So thanks. Nice thank job. you, me. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Good job. We're patting each other on, on the back uh, for being the guest yet again. Nice job. Good sound <laughs> effects, by the way. That's very good. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we're going to have a guest next time. So we always do. I mean, we always have somebody in here who's interesting. So we've got a lot of interesting guests on the docket as we, we roll into 2020. We got clearer vision, right? And we're going to have some good guests on the program. We're going to make it more entertaining. We've got some good stuff coming up. So make sure you uh, listen to Above Grade every week. And like I said, if you want to want some tips here um, sent out to you, you want this list, we'll send it to you. Just go to abovegrade at jsbrowncompany.com. We'll send it over to you. If you didn't feel like writing, uh, if you didn't feel like <laughs> writing any of this down, you probably actually don't feel like doing anything's on the list. So you go know, back I'll still listen. send it to yeah. you. Yeah, I'll still send it to you, but no big deal. Uh, but do this every week. We do. And uh, make sure you listen to our podcast at iTunes or go to jsbrowncompany.com. You can listen to us and binge listen if you haven't heard our other programs. We've got a r- lot of really, really good topics, really great guests that have come in. Make sure you rate and review us. And I guess we're moving into the next year here. So as we do that. Before too long. That's right. Yeah. Until almost next year. 
coming soon. This is Bryce Jacob with JS Brown and Company wishing you a great week to build from. Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.